Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. eGovernance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Hello, I'm Hannes Astok. I'm a Deputy Director of eGovernance Academy and welcome to eGovernance Academy Podcast. Today, I host a podcast together with my colleague from eGovernance Academy, Linnar Wieck, who has been in digital government business already almost for 30 years. He's a young guy. After graduating from university, he almost immediately also joined the government in Estonia. So, Linnar, looking back to those years, even to your early years as a student, how you see the development of a digital government? The start was not that easy, I guess, because I guess in 1990s there was mainly mainframe computers available for the governments. Well, hello, everybody. And I agree very much with your intro. Uh, the 1990s was actually a big breakthrough moment when the old architecture of mainframe computing, which was used by many governments around the world in 1970s, 1980s, was being shifted towards a networked computing, PC-based architecture, and also on very concrete software solutions which are suited to particular roles and functions in organizations. And uh, those decades we have been living over can be described as a certain technology and technology development meets also a government expectations trends. The early phase in early 1990s could be described as uh, the first level of a new consciousness for the central governments and first steps, which included mostly a PC-based architecture inside the efficiency of the particular organization. Whether it's a municipality, a ministry, a government agency, they were aiming towards an internal digitalization and internal efficiency. It meant also that the investment uh, inside the ICT became a subject not as a cross-government activity, but to a particular institution. And it helped also to raise a lot of awareness within the particular ministries and agencies because ICT became their role. And that was a very first step in early 1990s. But I think at the beginning of 1990s, uh, it was computers means it still was kind of huge computer in um, in some computing center, not in everyone's desktop. So if you want to compute something, you, you must generate the, the question, what you like to get the answer. Then someone was like elaborating it and then this computer center provide you an answer after a couple of days. Because I, when I was joining the government in 1996, I think my, my first task was to ask to buy me a PC computer to my desktop because it was still missing work. I agree. Uh, the organizational structure before the uh, emergence of the PCs as a desktop computing devices, uh, uh, it was uh, a very different organizational structure. There was either a computing department 
inside organizations or separate computing centers, uh, data and data processing houses, uh, which were separate units. But uh, the desktop PC with its desktop software really made a huge difference and people became aware. So it was not only a technological change, but it was also a big awareness building. And But unfortunately, I would say the efficiency gains when you bring the desktop to the desk of a civil servant or any professional in any organization aims only towards internal digitalization and efficiency. And only after 2000, the next decade, we were seeing that uh, the interoperability and data exchange between the different departments and between the different organizations became a focus area. Yeah, I agree very much because I think when I get this first PC and, and as my colleagues, usually as a first step, you're using it as a typewriter and, and calculator for Excel sheets. And when you start to communicate via emails, maybe start a file sharing, and then only the, the more productive tools are appearing like um, joint document management systems, maybe access to a geographic information system, access to databases. But it's still like a window, not that much using computing power or, or making kind of decisions. But yeah, moving forward to 2000s, when it's already moved that data exchange not only inside the institutions but between the institutions became a reality. What was earlier just a dream that I can access a national population registry, this became a truth in 2000s, meaning that institutions start to share the data and through the electronic channels and this was already a big shift that citizens do not need to ask for whatever birth certificate or marriage certificate, print out from the paper what is actually outprint of a database and bring it to another institution to apply for whatever service. So 2000 were already cross-institutional connectivity time. And that was also a big mindset shift because when you are building an organization, uh, databases and data flows for the internal purpose, it's a very different when you need to build it for the sharing. And the mindset shift was even more important. Uh, there were a number of new regulations, new legislation. New standards, all, probably. Precisely. And also a new way of working, um, agreeing about the quality of data, about the access of the data and I can recall that quite a number of institutions were thinking that now we are going to sell our data. I am a, an insurance registry or car registry or population registry and my data is my asset which I can monetize. However, it was very quickly realized that for the broader benefits of society, the public data needs to be shared freely. And based on the public data, you can actually build a more valuable services. And together with the growth of connectivity among businesses and individual users, by 2010, we may say that the focus of the e-government became all around the world the citizen-centric services uh, and business-centric services and interoperability started to become a new normality, no longer something which was built 
uh, for one institution, a couple of uh, data sets only. I think in 2000s already first real services for the citizens were appearing in advanced countries at least. So, so basically you can apply for some services and government instead of you collecting the necessary data for a certain application. But it was like early stage, either the philosophy remains the same until today. So, so now in 2010s already the interoperability, real data exchange, not only for services, but also for the preparing decisions of the governments become new normality. And uh, that new normality uh, comes together with, an, uh, with a mindset shift when, uh, once again, starting from early 1990s, it was internal efficiency, then it was cross-government institutional efficiency, then the focus became an, an individual and broader society efficiency for end users. And from 2020, I would say the understanding that whatever government is doing digital is becoming a new level or a layer or new step in that mindset also. And it aims towards a models when private-public partnerships and sectorial digital solutions, for example, for transport and logistics, for industry of your country, for the agriculture, need to be looked together with a potential value added of that particular sector. So in the 40 last years, or even the last 20 years, we have stepped through a number of generations and number of different decades within of which we have witnessed a huge growth in computing power, connectivity worldwide. Uh, we have witnessed a huge leap also in connectivity devices for the society and for the individuals. But biggest shifts are the slowest shifts, and those are the institutional, regulatory, corporate culture and public administration culture-related the shifts and those are the biggest bottlenecks we have seen all around the world as an obstacles for the e-government not access to technology but real use and implementation of those technologies within a particular use cases i have observed that until 2000s we can say or even in the middle of 2000s Usually the governments were digital drivers of the countries because somehow companies were lagging behind and uh, do not uh, use digitalization, at least as a visible part of their activities that much, probably in back offices more. And governments were like driving this di digital transformation. I think somewhere from the beginning of 2000s, we saw that, that the companies especially travel industry like airlines, hotels, they all moving very rapidly online, providing very smooth services for the citizens. And we see that, that now the government is somehow lagging behind. The government services usability is in many countries still a nightmare. Comparing how you buy a flight ticket, it takes you five minutes to book the um, transcontinental flight, but to apply for government service may take, I don't know, probably hours to fulfill the application either. Also, like digital data reusing, 
by the governments by, and by the companies, it's a very different story still. So, so why in the middle of 2000s, companies started to move so fastly and governments still moving pretty slowly? It was, an, uh, if, if we recall back the 2000, it was a post-dot-com boom time when the first uh, bubble of the dot-com vanished and uh, the real analytical use cases of using digital solutions became really viable. Telecommunication companies, global financial services companies, airlines, hotel networks, transport and logistic change, they understood the true power of interconnectivity, electronic uh, document management systems within the particular sectors, and also the end-user uh, uh, use cases, hand-in-hand hand with the growth of connectivity and society, became really something which shaped those industries. Governments in the same time were feeling very much uh, still the monopolistic situation where there was no competition. If you want to register your child birth, you don't have no alternatives, but only your government. There is no marketplace for government services. And, uh, and that is something where governments were still enjoying at that time the monopolistic opportunities and uh, and even I recall quite some government said that IT is for children and this is something which will pass over. We are in a serious business. For the last 200 years, we have been providing people with uh, services from the education and the hospitals and roads and transportation, planning, city and urban planning, and we will continue for the next 200 years in a similar way. But to summarize this podcast, perhaps uh, uh, regarding the earlier decades, I would like to reiterate one thing. First of all, with every decade we were witnessing, uh, we have seen a different technological application starting from internal efficiency of the organization, cross-institutional benefits uh, for the data sharing and broader networks, uh, then user-centric and business-centric solutions, and now a broader sectorial digital transformation solutions. And there is one thing to recall, perhaps. We need always, even in 2020, when we are starting, you can't start from the present uh, layer and the present level, but your digital maturity needs to start from the internal efficiency, internal awareness. You can't build immediately digital transformation unless your institutions, and I mean different ministries, not one ministry, but different ministries, have a digital capacity, have the digital transformation roadmaps, and they are able to build then on top of that also the interoperabilities, end-user services, and the broader digital transformation. So start with an internal vision and, and broaden it out to the society-wide approaches by using the present technological solutions. Yeah, I think very much agree with you that government must have digital data because until the data is in paper format, no computer can read it immediately for the services. You must have a data exchange in place, secure digital identity for citizens and businesses, and uh, 
Then on the top of it, you can build up endless applications. So to summarize, we have just a minute left to discuss what is the future. New decade just started. If you make a new podcast after 10 years, how we can conclude this decade? That was uh, a time uh, of uh, an accelerated digital transformation for the governments. And uh, what we are witnessing right now in 2020, uh, of course, because of the huge and the global lockdown based on the pandemic, which I think we will be focusing on a separate podcast also, is uh, an... uh, accelerator, which proved us that everything can be done digitally. There is no excuse for saying that things can't be done digitally. However, now the 2020 means also that we start building a meaningful and well-orchestrated digital transformations, not ad hoc solutions which were created by the pandemic. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Hannes Astok and I hosted Linnar Week from eGovernance Academy. Thank you for listening and welcome back next week.